if I'm no longer growing, I'm not just stagnant, I'm dying. And I just don't want fear of failure to ever stop me. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you ask absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Zapier for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. Try Zapier free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash dreamjob. Also, thanks to NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. We're also supported by Honey. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds me the best deals online. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Shop with confidence and get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dreamjob. And thanks to Kettlebell Kitchen. Kettlebell Kitchen knows that meal planning isn't one size fits all, which is why they offer a personalized solution. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com and enter code dreamjob for $50 off your first two orders, new customers only. Hey, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I am so excited about today's episode because Candace Nelson is here. And you guys know I have three little girls and their favorite television show is Sugar Rush. And I've told you before that I do not watch much TV, but I have seen this show many times because it's something that we watch together, me and my girls. And Candace, um, this is, she created the show. She's on this show and it's adorable. And we're going to talk today about everything that she's built. She is truly awesome. And she believes so much in seeing everybody uh, doing what they really love to do. So I can't wait to dive in. Before we get there, I want to let you know that I've had so many requests from you guys to do one-on-one private coaching. And it's always been difficult because I'm so busy and I look at my schedule and I'm like, where would I do that? How could I fit that in? But I told my team that I want to start setting aside at least two uh, sessions a week to be able to do one-on-one private intensives. So if you want to get in on that, you can go ahead and message me and I will start to fill up those time slots. And anybody who doesn't get in, we will make a wait list so that when we do have a slot, we can get you in for a one-on-one intensive where we will be able to sit down together and really map out what it is that you want to do and what's the plan and what is the offer that you're putting out in the world. And I can really help you. So I'm excited about that. So message me if you want more details about what that looks like. Also, we gave away a full scholarship to my retreat, the Glow Retreat, which I'm doing November 3rd and 4th. And we saw so many people who wanted that scholarship. And so um, I felt my heart just like sink because we were doing one giveaway and then there were all these other people who wanted to come. So 
I had an idea and I'm actually going to open up three spots to the glow retreat. And if you message me, I'll give you details, but I just realized that we, we can come up with a way for you guys to get to the retreat and we'll give you a partial scholarship. Um, so go ahead and message me if you want to be here. I think that's going to be something that you're really going to love. And if you want to get in on it, uh, it'll be first come first serve. So message me about details on that. All right. So let's get into today's episode. So today we have the phenomenal Candace Nelson here, as I said. She is an incredible entrepreneur. She's a pastry chef. She's a podcaster. She's the co-founder of the amazing Sprinkles Cupcakes. It's the world's first cupcake bakery, actually, and she is the inventor of the Cupcake ATM. Yeah, you heard me correctly. We're going to get into it in a second. She's also the executive producer and the judge for the amazing Netflix baking show, Sugar Rush, which I mentioned before, and she previously served as a judge on the popular show, Cupcake Wars. She's also the host of Live to Eat. It's a new food-focused podcast. Podcast where she chats with notable names in the food world and other industries about their passion for food. If that wasn't enough, she also started Pizana, a Michelin bib gourmand neo-Neapolitan pizzeria that now has two locations in LA. And what really strikes me about Candace is that even with all this amazing success, she is so down to earth, she's so humble, and she's really, really a kind soul. And another fun fact is that when I first started this show, I made a wish list of 10 guests, the people that I really wanted to have on, and she was in that top 10. So it was surreal to have her here. She actually came to my house and she sat down across from me at the kitchen table and we recorded this episode, which was such an honor. So without further ado, please welcome the brilliant, the beautiful, the kind Candace Nelson. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you, Candace, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get down to you. I just really want to know sort of what happened before you even were on the scene. Like, where did this start? Okay, I'm going to go way back, which was as a child. And I was growing up overseas. When I was in fifth and sixth grade, I was living on the island of Sumatra, made on Sumatra, Indonesia. Typical story. Yeah, you know, (laughs) the usual. And so I missed home. I had just come from Michigan, Midland, Michigan. So I would miss these tastes of home, like chocolate chip cookies and brownies and cupcakes. And there was no way to go to the corner store and find those things. I could barely find Cheerios. So I had to learn to make them myself. So I spent a lot of time in the kitchen baking with my mom. And so baking for me has always been so such a powerful connector, my homeland. So it's always been very important to me. Now, Did I continue baking all through boarding school and college? No. I went on to do other things. I was a student. I was getting the job. And eventually, I did get the job, which was a job in investment banking, working in San Francisco with tech companies. That's interesting. So different from this creative life you live. That's right. So different and so not the right place for me. I was, you know, working all the crazy hours and certainly it was an amazing experience, but I knew it wasn't for me. It didn't fill me up. I felt drained. And so when the dot-com mm-hmm. bust happened and a lot of my friends were taking that opportunity to go off to business school. So instead of going on and continuing on that next natural path, I decided it was time for a change. I really wanted to do something that filled me up that I was passionate about. And one of the fun things about working in investment banking and in the tech world during that very heady time was the expense accounts, right? Like the closing dinners and all these 
fabulous. Right. It makes it know, worth it. All this restaurants hard work. we went to. Yeah. So I kind of rediscovered my love of food. And I thought, well, now's the time. And so I decided to go to pastry school instead of business school. And are you thinking this is eventually going to be a thing? Or are you just thinking, I'm just going to see where this goes? I think I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And I thought, yeah, I'd love to do something with baking, but I didn't really know what it was yet. I didn't really have a model of someone who had really made a living being sure. a baker. Yeah. I mean, the only person I could think of, and she was very inspirational to me growing up, was Mrs. Fields. But I really couldn't think of anyone else since then. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. So I kind of thought one step at a time, I'm going to see if this is what I want to do with my life. And then we'll figure out how I'm going to actually yep. make it work. So how long was pastry school? Pastry school was six months. And what I learned was I loved doing it. I loved, you know, getting in the kitchen early, putting my whites on and getting my hands dirty, literally. And I knew that it was more than just a hobby for me. So coming out of pastry school, I actually had an offer for a great internship at a bakery. But being young and impatient, I decided I just wanted to get started right away. So I started baking these beautiful custom tiered cakes right out of my little house in San Francisco. And so I'd make these gorgeous tiered cakes because I wanted to do something so artful, right? And creative. And what I realized was special occasion cakes, you know, multi-tiered cakes, they're reserved for special occasions. So people don't order them that much. Right. So I thought, I got to rethink this. If this is going to be a business, it needs to be something that people could conceivably order or eat on a daily basis. So what is that going to be? And what was interesting was at the time, cupcakes were starting to catch on. But in people's everyday life, a cupcake was still something that you found at a grocery store. It was in a clamshell, plastic clamshell. The frosting was probably made with shortening. The decoration was a plastic cupcake pick. So I thought, what if I took this care that I was sort of reserving for these special occasion cakes. And I transferred it over to this lowly cupcake, started making them with beautiful ingredients, making them artful, but not too fussy, right? Still something that people could eat with joy Mm -hmm. and, you know, as an after school snack, but also maybe serve at an elegant dinner party. And I started making these cupcakes and all of a sudden business started to pick up and kind of got me thinking, hmm, elevate the lowly cupcake, you could increase the market of people who are actually ordering these things. What if cupcakes could stand on their own? So that was the genesis of the idea behind sprinkles. Around the world. And at the time, my husband was working in financial consulting, but he'd always wanted to have his own business too. Now, let's be honest, he had his MBA, he never thought it would be in cupcakes. But he said, I like this idea. We ran some numbers and he said, if you can nail the recipes, I'll do it with you. So I set to work, set to work, just recipe developing, recipe testing, and finally nailed these recipes and really started thinking of this as a business. And we came down to LA. A lot of my friends had moved down here and spent a weekend. And we went to, I think, two or three parties. Everyone had the exact same cake. And I thought, this is one of the largest cities in the world. Right. And there's one bakery servicing this market? I think this is our place. So moved down to LA, started just baking these cupcakes out of my West Hollywood condo. And friends were supporting me, then friends of friends, then friends of friends of friends. And finally, I couldn't trace when people called me how they'd gotten my name or number. They had just tasted one of my cupcakes at a baby shower or, or some other event. And then 
the producer of the Tyra Banks show, I don't know if you remember the Tyra Banks show, she tasted one of my cupcakes. So then she gifted Tyra the cupcakes. And then all of a sudden I was working out of my West Hollywood apartment and I was on the Tyra Banks show, or at least my cupcakes were. I was not. (laughs) (laughs) I had flour in my hair. I was definitely not media ready. Amazing. So we started looking for a location. And so that is something that I I like to tell people who want to start a business. It's like, can you test the market in a small way before you go all in? Were there certain things you were testing that you got insight from and and weaved in that feedback? Well, what I was doing was a lot of custom decorating, which ultimately we had to say goodbye to. I'll never forget the day my husband came in and he was like, if we want to scale this business, we have to say goodbye to custom decoration. So it's interesting that things, and I always say to be flexible and you know be open to where your business takes you because it's not always exactly where you think it's yeah. going to be. And how do people respond to that? Because that is one of the striking differences about the way that you created this. There's such simplicity, mm-hmm. but what was that initial reaction? Well, that was definitely our intention was to elevate the lowly cupcake, modernize it, make it sort of chic, uh, but simple. So the idea of it being elegant, but still playful. So it could appeal to a right. kid as well as to an adult. Um, the decorations we ended up with were the sort of fondant double dot. We call it our, our modern dot because we were the modern cupcake shop and modern cupcakes. The modern double dot was colorful and playful, but it also was very graphic and cool, yep. sophisticated, but it also spoke to the flavor underneath. So it was also a code. So you, when you opened your box of cupcakes, you knew what flavors were were inside. Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely one of the defining and um, distinguishing things about That is sprinkles. so helpful. And there's such wisdom in that. It levels it up so much. Right. So where was the first sprinkle so store? The first sprinkle store was in Beverly Hills. It's still there. It's on Little Santa Monica, just a couple blocks away from Rodeo Drive. It's mm-hmm. like 600 square feet. So we opened in Beverly Hills and people always ask, you know, why Beverly Hills? I mean, it's like, that must be the most expensive real estate. And I like to remind them again, 600 square feet. And we were not on a prime street, but it was important to us because even though we were making cupcakes, we were making sort of designer cupcakes, really. Yeah. We were making cupcakes with the best ingredients. We were making them artisanal. We were really elevating that cupcake. And so we were a specialty boutique, just like all the rest of those boutiques on Rodeo Drive. Now, something that people could actually afford, but you know, it was $3. $3 at the time was really expensive for cupcake. People were used to spending 75 cents at the grocery store. So we really had to educate people. And part of that education was really the designing that space, right? You walked in and you felt something was different. You felt something was really yeah. quality. That was in, and just smelling those beautiful smells that came from the back. Oh, so good. And of course, <laughs> that's the shop that I've been to. I can't count how many times. Thank but what you. I love about it, and I want our audience to hear this, is knowing your audience, right? And also choosing who you want to serve, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would have happened if you would have said, no, we have to charge 75 cents and we're going to have to be just anywhere it's it's not necessarily gonna gonna work, mm-hmm. right? And that's a sign of self worth and valuing all of the things that you're putting in the world. And I think people have a hard time with that. Definitely. I remember asking a friend of mine before we opened, you know, what do you think about the price that we're planning to charge? And he said, No, 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 way too expensive. Donuts are like fifty cents. And I thought, Okay, 
there's going to be some education needed here. So it's all about the education, right? I had to just say, listen, try it once. Let me know what you think. But we're using the world's best vanilla. We're using the world's best chocolate. We're baking fresh all day long. This is an artisanal cupcake. Everything is from scratch. They're hand frosted. They are like really a special treat. And I can't tell you how many people who were such skeptics would come back and say, you were right. Like, let me get a box of six. So there is something scary in doing something new because there is that education that you have to to do. Also, it was scary because I do want to remind you at the time when we opened, the South Beach diet was on the bestsellers list. So not only were we bringing this sort of temple of carbs to Beverly Hills, which is not really known, or LA in general, not really known for people eating carbs, but truly everyone I knew was on a low carb diet. But I have to say, like, again, the outsider's perspective was helpful for me because driving around this town, there's a lot of donut shops and there's a lot of hamburger (laughs) joints. And I thought, I don't know, I think maybe there's some people eating stuff that isn't kale or smoothies. Yeah. And I love this just ability to look at it a different way. Mm -hmm. So you open the first door. Mm -hmm. What happens? Well, we weren't ready, quite ready to open that first door. But I don't know if you remember um, an e-newsletter called Daily Candy. Yeah, sure. Okay. So Daily Candy was really, truly the newsletter you signed up for. And every day that you'd get your email in your inbox and would tell you what was hot in LA that day. And Daily Candy was, they had kind of sniffed me out when I was working out of my home. And so they were on the case and we'd given them, you know, our opening date, April 13th. And they said, okay, we're writing about about you on April 13th. And then we went back to them and we said, but what if it's like April 18th or something like that? And he said, no, we'll pull the story. And we said, okay, April 13th it is. So day one, we had no idea if anyone would darken our door, but we did know we had the support of Daily Candy. And let me tell you what, that was amazing because we had a line out the door the first day. Wow. And what's crazy though, it's sort of when that opportunity becomes a problem I had sort of done my calculations as to how many cupcakes I needed in the case and (laughs) um, what we need for day one. And we thought people are going to come in and they're going to buy one or two cupcakes. Well, we've forgotten about the fact that in LA, once you've driven across town, you've found parking, you're not going home with one or two cupcakes. You're getting cupcakes for the whole office. You're taking them to school. So people were coming in and ordering two dozen. I mean, we were sold out by noon and we had a line out the door and people were (laughs) mad. People were so mad. So overnight we realized we needed to scale up on everything. But what I will say in retrospect, that scarcity really did help drive demand. Yeah. And I've never been there when there's not a line out the door. I I haven't. I'd love for you to tell me a secret time when there's not a line out the door, but there is always, always a line out the door. And then there was the invention of the ATM. Right. Right. Tell everyone what that was about. So that was... And how much longer after did that happen? That was a few years later. So in between when we opened in the ATM... Oprah Winfrey called. And this was another significant moment. So I don't want to gloss over it because everybody loves an Oprah story. So I have to share it. But we had just gotten through our first holiday season and we were delighted with ourselves because we were still standing, although we were totally exhausted. And the phone rings. It's January. It says Harpo Studios. And it was a producer. And she said, Oprah loves your cupcakes. And I was like, what did you just say? Let me get that on tape. (laughs) And she said, yeah. And she'd love to have them on her show. And I was like, fantastic. You just tell me when. And she was like, tomorrow morning in Chicago, 300. 
And we were literally like, we just turned the ovens off for the day. We were like, this is going to be an early night. Everyone's on a diet. It's January. We're getting out of here early. And I was like, crank up the ovens, guys. We're going to Chicago. Oh, my God. So that was a really fun moment. That was a pivotal, pivotal moment in our career. And that was, I mean, I look back at, it was just so fortuitous. So incredible. And then how many stores do you have now? 24. 24. And to your point about the ATM, we also have ATMs. Because people have to know. So it's not a cash ATM. It dispenses cupcakes, uh, cupcakes in boxes. And it's all touchscreen and it's very high tech and it's definitely an Instagrammable moment. And when I came up with the idea, I was pregnant with my second son. I have two boys. But one night, Charles and I had been out and we came home too late and I really was jonesing for a dark chocolate cupcake. And he was like, sorry, hon, like bakery's closed. And I was having a bit of a hormonal moment. And I was like, what? Like I own a bakery and I can't get a cupcake. And so because we'd sort of (laughs) learned to embrace the crazy ideas instead of, you know, just like moving on, we kind of started batting around like, what if you could get a cupcake this time of night? Like what would that look like? And we pay rent 24 hours a day. So why can't you get a cupcake 24 hours a day? And so the idea for the cupcake ATM was born and we thought it was going to be just kind of a gimmick. And what we didn't realize was it would really drive business and so that we're able to monetize through the night. And now we even have fun promotions where certain flavors are only available like after store hours in the ATM. So it's been a lot of fun. You guys, you don't understand like you go down the street and now there's two lines. There's a line in front of the ATM. (laughs) There's a line in front of the sprinkle store and it is the coolest thing. And as soon as you opened it, everyone was talking about it. Oh my gosh, you have to go to the cupcake ATM. You can get it whenever you want. It comes out in this cute little box. I know. It is amazing. So, so fun. This conversation is so good, but let's just first take a quick ad break. I'm notorious for being a big shopper. And sometimes my husband is saying things like, I don't get it. You already bought a pair of shoes last week. Or why are you buying a chair without looking for it being on sale first? And I'm always saying, I don't have the time to look for discounts. I just don't have the time. But I'm finding that I'm not overspending as much anymore thanks to Honey. Honey is a free browser add-on that magically auto-applies the best deal to my cart at checkout so I can shop like normal. Honey members have already saved more than $800 million dollars not too shabby for something that's completely free and takes just two clicks to install. I used it recently when I ordered some groceries from Amazon Fresh and Honey let me know that, hey, you can get $10 off for every order over $35. So I ended up saving $10, which is awesome. And you don't have to just take my word for it. Honey has over 100,000 plus five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. And look, there's really no reason not to use Honey because it's free to use and it's easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dreamjob. That's joinhoney.com slash dreamjob. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. I've had my own business for years and I'll be honest, my organization still needs some improvement, but I don't want to waste hours moving data from spreadsheets to emails and other systems. And that's where Zapier comes in. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles work for you. So instead of wasting time working in your business, you can work on your business. Just go to our special link, zapier.com slash dream job, connect the apps you use most and let Zapier take it from there. You can instantly engage with leads, send them to a CRM or spreadsheet, and then Zapier notifies your team so they immediately get into action. Lately, my team has been working on switching us over to a new email system. So we're using Zapier to move our contacts onto active campaign. And it's been super helpful and makes the process really seamless. I'm really excited to see how else we're going to utilize this because Zapier supports more than 1500 business applications. It helps you build the exact solution you need in just minutes without writing code or asking a developer for help. 
So join more than four and a half million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by using Zapier. Right now through November, try Zapier free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash dreamjob. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash dreamjob for your free 14-day trial, zapier.com slash dreamjob. Okay, so all of that happens. You then go on to open 24 stores. Mm -hmm. And then there's more. If that wasn't enough, there's more. (laughs) Television. You've been everywhere. How did that come to happen? Well, I was on Cupcake Wars for a long time on Food Network. And that was something that came about. The producer was driving down Little Santa Monica Boulevard. And she saw Sprinkles and then she saw another national cupcake brand, a couple that had opened a couple blocks away. And she goes, it's a GD cupcake war out there. And (laughs) she was like, ding, ding, ding. That's my show idea. So she took it to the Food Network and then they, they approached me to be a judge on that show. Well, you know, cut to several years later, I decided to develop a show for Netflix, but I wanted it to be more than just cupcakes. You know, now with Pizzana, which we'll talk about, I am the executive pastry chef at our restaurant. I'm doing more than just cupcakes, and I wanted to expose the world to that. So sure enough, Netflix needed a baking show. And so now we're on Netflix. Sugar Rush is a a baking competition show, three rounds, four sets of bakers. The first round is cupcakes, second round is confection, and the third round is like one of those gorgeous tiered cakes that I used to make that used to give me heart attacks. So it's, it's a really amazing. fun show. I, it's incredible. First of all, it's so fun to watch because there's an immediate transformation and you always handle it so well. You are so compassionate to these people. Um, and I feel so stressed for them, like as they're against the clock and all of this stuff, but it's incredible. I it's, feel so stressed for them too. I mean, to put yourself amazing. out there and then have a big camera in your face and then a big clock ticking down and then these big mean judges tasting your stuff and telling you. Oh, but you guys are so sweet and you bring on the coolest judges and I love the kinds of assignments you give them. And I'm sure you guys listening have watched Sugar Rush, but if you haven't, you have to see it. Thank but you. I have to stop and tell you that I live in Los Angeles and I have lots of friends who are authors and celebrities. They cannot sell their shows. And so I'm curious what you think is that ingredient. Well, let me tell you what I do want. Yeah, I like that pun (laughs) actually. Um, I want to share with people that that wasn't my first show that I pitched. So I actually was pitching another show with the same production company, Magical Elves, about female entrepreneurs. I thought that would be a great show as well. Mm. But sometimes, even though you're ready for a change, not everybody's ready to see you in a different light, right? Like I always look at my Instagram and I think, you know, wow, look how many likes I got for the cupcake picture or the cake picture. But then when I put a beautiful, delicious looking pizza on there, it's not that people don't like it, but they're kind of, it's not really what they expected from me. So it doesn't get as much of a reaction. So I do feel like people should continue to evolve. And that's always really important to me is to keep challenging yourself and putting yourself in new situations. But that doesn't always mean that everybody else is going to buy into that. 100%. And I love what you're saying right now, because this is part of why you're really successful is, like we said before, knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. And when Seth Godin was here, who I just adore, he put it so well. He said, to be successful in business is to have radical, radical empathy. Mm. And so many people have this feeling of, wait, if I'm not doing exactly what I want to do in this moment, I'm not being true to myself. I'm mm-hmm. selling out. And we have to remember that in a business, it's a dance, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so instead of like just drawing the line in the sand and saying, no, I want to 
do it this way. Mm-hmm. I want to make a show right now about this and you're not seeing me and I'm mm-hmm. not being heard. It's mm-hmm. like, hmm. And lo and behold, you do a show that's beautiful, Sugar Rush. Mm-hmm. And what do I see? Mm-hmm. Female entrepreneurs in action. Mm-hmm. So you get to be there. You get mm-hmm. to be a stand for that. And I think that a lot of people aren't, do you, do you see that when, cause now you are, I'm sure a mentor in so many ways to so many up and coming aspiring entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. What do you think gets in people's way? Well, I'll tell you what I hear more often than anything else is I don't know how to start. Mm. I don't 100%. know how to start. And what they're missing is that's not the point. You just start. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who wants to start a beverage company. She works in hair. So sure, not a natural transition, but she loves food and, and she lives food and, and she definitely is passionate about her idea. How do I start? Where do I start? I said, she goes, I don't know any co-packers. I go, you just look online, you find a co-packer, <laughs> you call one. And they, they may say it's there. They probably will say they're not the co-packer for you, but they're going to give you a little bit of advice. They're going to give you a tiny jewel that then you can then take like an investigative reporter and call the next place. And it's like, it's just puzzle piece by puzzle piece. I didn't know what I was doing either. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. People don't know how to start. Yeah. And really, I think when people say, I don't know, it's just a limiting belief. It's probably yes. what's underneath that is probably, I don't feel like I'm enough. I'm going to make a fool of myself. Right. Uh, is there any room for me? Mm-hmm. What do you say to people when they worry that they have imposter syndrome? Who am I to do this thing? Right. I mean, I think what I can be is just an example and a support for them to just share my story and say, I had no business doing this. People laughed at me. For me, the litmus test with sprinkles was, I thought, am I going to be able to live with myself if I don't do this? Because there was a moment when we were having a hard time finding a location. We thought maybe someone's telling us this is not for us. Maybe it's time to give up. And thankfully we didn't, but you have to feel it in your bones. You have to want it. Yep. And it's so helpful to hear someone like you talk about, like, there were other things I pitched that didn't work. Yeah. And I started this out of my condo. And when I look at you, I just see tremendous courage. I'm just like, this woman Thank had the you. courage to just do things that were uncomfortable mm-hmm. and scary and still do them. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are people who are probably right now listening who are like, this is so cool. I'm getting to hear her whole story. I love this. But oh my gosh, she's already done it. There's no room for me. Where would I, why am I going to open a bakery? Like mm-hmm. Sprinkles is crushing it. Mm-hmm. Is there room for people? Like, how do you look at that? I think there's room for people who really have a voice. You know, we opened a cupcake shop, but we were very specific with how we did it. I mean, who's to say that, Bunt cakes are the next big thing or macarons or maybe something that nobody's even heard of yet. I don't know that there's room right now for a bakery without a voice. I think you have to own what you do and be very clear in that. Own your niche, have a vision, find a voice. But the nice thing about bakeries is every neighborhood really needs one. But I love what you're saying because often on this show, we talk about how it's not things that people buy, it's feelings. Mm -hmm. And the way that you described when you said it was time to educate people, it was really telling a story. Mm -hmm. And the story was, we're not making the kinds of cupcakes that you're used to eating. We're making something that is modern. Mm -hmm. It's sophisticated. It's sleek. It's elevated. And 
that's what they're buying. Mm-hmm. And they're buying all the things that, that makes them feel to associate themselves with something like that. That's what you mean. Mm-hmm. Have a voice. And speaking of having a voice, you just started a podcast. So Which tell us about I, it. I can't believe I'm telling you who is such an expert in this oh field that I have a podcast because I'm such a newbie. But yes, I what have a podcast. What did you want to say it's, with this podcast? It's tell us called about. Live to Eat. It is available on Apple and Spotify. And really for me, what this podcast is about is really what my whole career has been about, which is connection, Mm -hmm. right? Connecting through food. We live in such a divisive world. I mean, it's so hard to find anything that people can find connection over. And food is really one of those few things. And I, I loved how people would come into sprinkles or they're coming to pizza and it's like they sit around the table and they share a pizza, you know, on Sunday night and talk about their weekend. Like that connection is so important to me. And food is so transcendent. I mean, it doesn't matter where you were raised, how you were raised, like we can all share in food and we can all talk about food. So live to eat is really a celebration of that. And then selfishly, it's a way for me to have great conversations with people in my field, you know, lifestyle experts, chefs, culinary experts, food entrepreneurs, because we live in this crazy world where it's like sending off 20 texts instead of being able to to sit down with someone and really get the story. And I want to keep evolving and I want to keep challenging myself to do things I'm scared of. And I was frankly a little scared to do this podcast. So just hearing you say that, I find it shocking because I think, oh, she's perfect and everything she does is perfect and she wouldn't be scared of anything. And then to hear you say that something makes you scared, it's like, oh yeah, she's a person like everyone else. And you did it anyway, again. And it really doesn't make sense from the standpoint of like, you don't need another thing to do. (laughs) So what about it made you feel like I have to do it? Well, it was that little piece of me that was kind of digging at me like, oh, what business do you have having a podcast? That's not your thing. And I feel like once you give into that, which by the way, once you've had like, I've had some success in my career now, like I don't have to do that to your point. So some success, but, yeah. but I feel like if I give into that, then I'm no longer growing. And if I'm no longer growing, I'm not just stagnant, I'm dying. Right. And I just don't want fear of failure to ever stop me. And I want to model that for my kids too. Um, I think that what's fun for me about what I do is that it's so easy for them to understand and easy for them to digest and Mm -hmm. they can even participate in it. You know, mom, you should make this dessert at Pizzana or mom, you really need to have that flavor at Sprinkles. Like I love that, that we can all have that conversation. But yeah, I want them to be brave and be resilient and have grit. And so I need to, demonstrate that for them and model that behavior on a daily basis. Otherwise, I'm just, it's just words. And I love that you continue to keep dreaming of the next possibility for yourself. I love dreaming. It's so fun. It's so fun. (laughs) Like you would think you're like, cool, we've arrived. We're doing this. We're just going to keep doing sprinkles. No, I want to do a TV show. No, I really want to do a podcast. Like as if you have, I mean, maybe you have nine days a week and we all have seven. No. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, no, no. I, I need my sleep. I help my kids with their homework at night. Like I have to be just efficient with my time. But it's incredible that you you're able to balance all of that. And what's your advice? I think that some women would say this sounds amazing, but like I can't I have kids. I don't have time. I don't have time for myself. I can't think about myself. How do I juggle all that? Is it possible to have a work life balance? I think it is so much about prioritizing, right? I mean, it's we all have the same number of hours in a day. 
I actually have said in the past, I have a disadvantage because I actually do need a lot more sleep than some of my friends. But no, I think it's having a really clear understanding of what your priorities are. And I'm such a dork, but write down your goals and write them down, vision board, however you want to do it. But be really clear and talk about it. Put your goals out there into the universe. Don't be scared to say them out loud. Once you've said them out loud, you can't take it back. Mm. And then you're kind of on your way. I love that. Okay, I have a few more questions, but first we're just going to say a quick thanks to our sponsors. When I'm not munching on those delicious sprinkles cupcakes, I try to eat a little bit healthier, but there are so many diets and meal plans out there, it gets really confusing. Kettlebell Kitchen knows that meal planning isn't one size fits all, which is why they offer a personalized solution. They have an awesome team of nutritionists to help you create a sustainable health plan that honors your body's unique needs. You can sign up for a plan or order a la carte, no long-term contracts required. It gets delivered to your door twice a week for optimal freshness. Just heat eat, serve, and get the food you need for real sustainable change. All their meals are free of dairy, soy, and artificial sweeteners and made from ingredients naturally free of gluten. Whether you're vegetarian, keto, Whole30, or paleo, they have options for you. I'm on their vegetarian plan and I had their curry cauliflower kale bowl, which was so delicious. I'm usually so busy during the day that I end up eating whatever my kids are eating, like mac and cheese or pizza, but this makes it so convenient to eat something that's nutritious and tastes good. Feed the champion in you with Kettlebell Kitchen. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com and enter code DREAMJOB for $50 off your first two orders. This offer is for new customers. That's $50 off your first two orders at kettlebellkitchen.com code dreamjob. As a business owner, it's important to know your numbers, but there's so many business systems out there. You'll have one for accounting, one for sales, one for inventory, and it becomes really, really hard to keep track, which makes it ultimately hard for you to keep growing. Now we're introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy to use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. NetSuite manages sales, finance, accounting, orders, and HR instantly from your desktop or phone so you can save time and money and save yourself from unnecessary headaches. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. That's netsuite.com slash dreamjob to download your free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits netsuite.com slash dream job um i want to just circle back because we've we've hinted at it and there's been so many cool things to talk about but tell us about pisana and how it started and what made you even think to to create it and what it's like so a few years ago we actually brought on a private equity firm for sprinkles and the reason for that was that I really, my husband and I really love to create concepts and businesses and we're super creative. But once Sprinkles got to a certain point, it really was so much more about the operations and we were itching to to start something new again. So as a result of that deal, we were able to have some freedom to think about doing something else. And we happened to be at a pizza party at uh, our friend Chris O'Donnell's house. And he was known for these pizza parties. He'd have them every Sunday night and invite all of his neighbors and his friends over. And he had this great pizza guy. And so I was over there for the first time and I took a bite of this pizza. Now, so you know, my husband and I are, I mean, live to eat. There's a reason my podcast is called Live to Eat. We literally like design our travel itineraries based on where we want to go eat. And pizza is definitely up there, like top three things we love to eat. And so I took one bite of this pizza and I thought, oh yeah, this is special. I got to meet the pizziola. I got to meet the guy at the, the pizza oven. So I go marching back there and I end up spending the whole night next to Daniele Uditi, who is our master pizziola and head You're like, chef. Bye, I'm yep. sitting over in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. So Daniele and I just totally hit it off. He was a Sprinkles fan. He has a sweet tooth. And we just ended up talking all night because he comes from 
a family of bakers in Italy. So he's a baker too, a different style of baker. But so we ended up just sort of talking all night about the nuances that go into a great pizza dough, that go into a great cake. And he happened to mention that he'd always wanted to have his own restaurant. And it's like, I didn't even have any intention of going back into the food business. And I couldn't help myself. I just saw it. Like it just, it was a vision. I saw the restaurant. I saw the brand. I saw the pizzas on the platters. And I, and I was like, oh, we should do that with you. We should definitely do that with you. And I was like, wait, what did I just say? And literally two years later, Pizzana opened in Brentwood. I'm and- just speechless right now. Because again, yet again, something that is everywhere. Pizza's everywhere. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's a whole way of revolutionizing pizza. <laughs> it's just incredible how you can swoop in and then completely change the game. And you just see it. You Nothing in your mind goes... You know, Candace, there's a thousand pizza places. Nope, not this. <laughs> this is different. So you open and what's the story that you're telling with Pizana? Well, what I have realized in retrospect that I love to do is take comfort food, things that we all love anyway. Oh, I love it, yeah. But elevate them. So like making foods that we already love easier to love by, you know, making them with great ingredients, with beautiful technique and making the whole experience special. This was a different situation. These weren't my cupcakes. I was partnering with someone who was truly a talent, but we helped him to build the brand and and tell the story. And really it is different because he comes from Naples, Italy. He was raised in this tradition of Neapolitan pizza, but he'd been in the States long enough to understand that Americans like to pick up their pizza. I mean, we all love a handheld food. A cupcake is a handheld food. Our favorite foods, hamburgers, hot dogs. Think about the stuff we eat in this country. Handheld. But true traditional Neapolitan pizza is kind of soupy in the middle. Eaten with a fork and knife. Totally different situation. So Daniele came and he started riffing on this Neapolitan style. And we worked with him to kind of like, you know, bump it up even further, right? And people started going crazy for this pizza. Now, people back at home... We're not super happy about him messing with tradition, but he created what we call a neo-Neapolitan style pizza. And so we opened in Brentwood. I got to participate in the menu by being the executive pastry chef. And so that was really fun for me to flex my dessert muscles beyond cupcakes. Cool. Um, But really the star of the show is the pizza. And within the first year, Pizzano was on Jonathan Gold's 101 list. We just recently received a Michelin Guide Gourmand designation. And then we just opened location number two in West Hollywood. And Daniela was just recently on Netflix's The Chef Show with Jon Favreau and Roy Choi. And it's so awesome. And what kind of pastries are you making? So um, I'm best known for my salted caramel panna cotta. So basically, (sighs) again, taking like sort of comfort style foods, but putting a spin on them. So mm-hmm. in this case, like an Italian spin because I have, you know, salted caramel and then like these caramelized pretzels on top of an otherwise Italian dessert, which is panna cotta. And then a chocolate olive oil cake I've become very well known for, which basically I say is like an American style sheet cake, but with an Italian twist being olive oil, but basically it's like sheet cake and it is so good. Awesome. And just to round it out, I feel like people would be a little bit frustrated because we've talked so much about your story and business, which is mm-hmm. so delicious. But I want to ask you one baking question. Uh-oh. So what is it do you think when someone's baking like, in your opinion, what do you think separates someone who's great at baking from someone who isn't? Oh, you're going to kill me for saying this. Honestly, when I'm in the kitchen and something goes wrong, I realize that I wasn't baking with love. It is all about my mentality. I mean, sure, there is technique that you learn. And you mean it. I can tell I, from your face. No, You're like, no, I, no, I'm no, really I'm mean I'm like, this. no, I was distracted. I wasn't present. Like, I just, I wasn't baking with intention, right? 
like I'll make a recipe and something just didn't go right. And I realized it was a mindset. So I do feel like it's, it's how you approach it. Having said that, obviously baking and polishing your craft is always important. And I say, people ask me, well, how do I become a good baker? You become a good baker by baking. You just keep doing it. And you learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes. Yeah. But also baking with love. Amazing. This was so great. Tell us where we can find you, where you want to send people to. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Candace Nelson, and you can find Live to Eat on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. How fun was that? Candace is awesome. So here are some takeaways. Number one, test the market in a small way before you go all in. Number two, be flexible and open to where your business takes you. It's not always where you think it's going to be. Number three, not everyone will be ready for you to change, but continue to evolve and challenge yourself. You'll still find the sweet spot where you can still serve them. Number four, it's not about knowing how to start. You just start. Number five, there will always be room when you have a vision, find your voice and own what you do. Number six, if you're no longer growing, you're not just stagnant, you're dying. Don't surrender to that voice of fear. Let it motivate you. And number seven, bake and create with love. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have no doubt that there are a million things you could be doing right now. And the fact that you spend your time here means everything. So thank you so much. If you love the show and you want to support us, take a second and leave a review wherever you listen and make sure you subscribe. Also, it really helps more than you know if you just tell one person. So if it's this episode or another episode, go ahead and share it because you're not just helping us. I think you're truly helping those other friends of yours or family members to see possibilities of what their life could look like. And if they could just start taking that action and making a messy version of whatever it is that they're feeling drawn to, amazing things can happen because clarity comes and we get guided towards where we're supposed to be. And every week on the show, we're hearing that. I think everyone has Michael Jordan ability at something, but we have to get the momentum. That's all we're missing is momentum. And we get that from diving in. So I think this show gives people the courage and the belief that things are possible. So share this episode or any episode you love with a friend. And don't forget to check out Candace's new podcast, because I do think you guys will love it. I want to remind you that if you are interested in doing one-on-one private coaching sessions, or you're interested in a partial scholarship for our retreat, go ahead and send me a message and we will let you know how you can get in on both of those awesome things. I'm going to leave you guys with another song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Who knows what to Let's not leave